0: Thank you, Pastor Eddie. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? So-so. <laughs> Can I hear amen? <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> As you know, we are in the uh, series, and how many of you are really enjoying the series? This, I really love it. If you haven't jumped on and watched it, you should get do it. It's going to change your life. God's going to speak to you through it. Um, we are on episode five and uh, we're gonna show a clip and the clip was about the wedding that Jesus and the mom and the disciples went to and something that happened. And as you know the story, at the wedding, um, they ran out of wine and Jesus stepped into the picture. So we're gonna show the clip now. The terrible thing to behold. <laughs> my son. Ah, Andrew, you see, even my own mother will join us in the Song of Miriam.
1: They ran out of wine.
0: But it's only the first day?
2: Yes, and it's all gone. Not a drop left.
0: Why are you telling me this?
2: We can't let the celebration end like this.
1: And the Etcher's family humiliated.
0: Boys, uh, go join the others. I'll be right there. Mm. Has not
2: Fill these jars with water. I'm not sure you heard her clearly, but we've run out of
0: wine. Not water. These are similar in size to your amphorae. The prudent marks, yes. Equally filled all the way to the brim.
2: You're a very responsible person, aren't you?
1: We are in a crisis, and I was led to understand you have a solution.
0: Do you know why jars for purification rites are made of stone? (laughs) What? You heard me.
1: cause the stone is pure
2: less likely to stain or break that can't be made unclean yes fill these jars with water all the way to the brim why you heard him start drawing water quickly tell anyone you find to stop what they're doing and help From the directions you have provided, I
0: see no logical solution to the problem. It's going to be like that sometimes, Thomas. What did you say? I do not rebuke you. It is good to ask questions, to seek understanding. There's no time for this. I know of a man like you in Capernaum, always counting, always measuring. That's my job. That people will think I have not done well tonight. Join me. And I will show you a new way to count and measure. A different way of seeing time. Go with you where? I don't understand. Keep watching.
2: I do hope you're enjoying yourself.
0: Where are the servers?
2: I don't know, but I'll go find them right away.
0: It is far past time for another round of wine. The last one was nearly an hour ago.
2: Yes, well, you Surely see...
0: there is more common, Dinah. Uh, I'm very sorry. Y- Please do not worry. This will be taken care of immediately.
2: Next round of wine right away. Thank you for reminding us at all on the contrary. Was your father a stone Mason as well? Smith. I think it broke his heart, but I apprenticed under a stone cutter when I was nine. And every man must
1: leave his father.
0: Masonry seems
1: like
2: harder work.
1: <laughs> it isn't harder, it's just or, uh, final. If the smith wants to change the horseshoe or the plowshare, or the hook, he has only to put the iron back into the fire and reshape it to fit his designs.
2: They're full.
0: Everyone, please step outside. Just for a moment, Thomas.
1: Once you make that first cut into the stone, it can't be undone. It sets in motion a series of choices. What used to be a shapeless block of limestone or granite begins its long journey of transformation. And it will never be the same.
0: I'm ready, Father. some out and serve it to the master of the banquet. wow, wasn't that unreal what Jesus did in the midst of such a need because it would put shame upon that family if they didn't have uh, more wine and he, he came to the rescue. You know, when we look at that clip and um, we see that like Mary, Thomas, uh, the bride and groom, they were, uh, and the disciples, they were a witness to the miracle that Jesus did. And I think as a believer, God has a desire to show himself more, to experience in him, to see what he's about and his love, but also to be a witness for him because of what you witness yourself to share. And what is a witness? Well, we broke it down that any person having knowledge of truth, willing to testify to that truth, to see hear or know through personal experience. And it's like witnessing an accident or being in an accident that you were there and seeing what had happened. God wants us to be a witness of his love and grace. In Luke 24, it says to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead And that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witness of all these things. I think the greatest miracle for us is that we have eternal life because of what Jesus did, and also forgiveness of all our sins. And that happens in our spirit. God does something in our spirit by his spirit. As the scripture says, Romans 8, 16, that the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit comes and bears witness in our spirit. Somehow he does it, that we are forgiven and that we have an eternal destination after this life. And that's all because of what Jesus did. Not only that we are to be witnesses of Jesus, but in this life, as you think about it, we are witnesses to many things that we see, like surprises, disappointments. How many of them had disappointments, okay? Me, only me, okay. Lack of provision. <laughs> A lot of times, lack of provision. But when we face those things, it's really God's opportunity to show you his grace for you to witness what he can do for you. In John 2, as this uh, clip or this episode was about, and Jesus, he says, and the disciples was also invited to the wedding. So Jesus, the mom, had a relationship with this, uh, this family. And he says, when the wine was gone, which was a disgrace and a bummer, um, Jesus' mother said to him, They have normal wine. They were out of the celebration. And when there's no wine, I believe there will be a lot of grumbling in the wedding. (laughs) But it's so interesting because Jesus, Mary, went directly to her son, Jesus. She heard about the news. She went to him. And the reason I kind of... It was so interesting because in our small group after the first service, and I encourage you to get into a group because it's so encouraging and your faith gets uh, um, encouraged somehow. And in the group, we were talking about this, and Michael, Tom was sharing that. It was so interesting because Jesus said it was not his time. And yet the mom came to him and told him to help. Help. And this was the beginning of his public ministry and the miracles to come. All because of the mom. Interesting. The mom has a lot of say in children's lives. Isn't that right, moms? (laughs) So kids, you need to listen to your mom, okay? (laughs) I think Mary had seen something in his life when he was growing up that he was a special child. And also, 30 years before now, Jesus was about 30 years at this time. 30 years ago, when Jesus was born, there were words that were spoken to Mary about Jesus. And I believe those words came from, as you know, from an angel about Jesus, came from from the shepherds, That the angels came to the shepherd and the shepherd relayed the message. The word came from a man, a righteous man in the house of God. And it also came from a prophet in the house of God. She kept those words in her heart about her son. And that's why I believe that she went up to the son, Jesus, and said, can you do something? Holy Spirit prompted the mom to speak into her son's life. And that was the beginning of his public ministry and miracles. Whatever you're facing, Jesus is the answer. And whatever lack you have, Jesus is the answer. Imagine he turned wine, water into wine, into abundance. And he gave the bride and groom um, a status like they weren't that instead of being shamed, they had a great status because of the wine that was served was better than the first wine. Imagine he turned had six stone jar stones, which equated to 120 to 150 gallons of wine. Wow. He saved the best for last. And boy, Did they have a good time after that, right? (laughs) They did. God wants us to witness those things in our life, things when we're up against the wall and we're facing things. He wants to show himself to you, and the answer is Jesus. And I'm going to call Miles up um, to share, because as we were at our seniors' meeting, Pastor shared about this um, incident that had happened to... Uh, Feed My Sheep a while back, and I thought that was so, I mean, encouraging. So I asked I asked Miles to share. On behalf of Feed My Sheep, Joyce is not here, but he's going to share. So. Is it on? Yeah. There you go.
2: Hi, Tech, I tell you. <laughs> Sorry, you getting second string today. <laughs> Joy is supposed to be sharing, but anyway, uh, Feed My Sheep uh, is the largest direct food uh, distributor on Maui, and uh, you know, thanks to this church and so many other churches and businesses here, they have uh, a distribution in Kihei every week, Central Maui. They go to Lahaina. Uh, they go to Hana once a month, and they go to Lahaina, which is large, so. They have a Lahaina distribution, and then, then they go to Honokawai And um, in the <clears throat>
0: excuse me, in the afternoon. So, what happened? And one event that the feed she put on. Okay, they um, they went to
2: Lahaina, and they were running. This is about ten years ago, and they were short on food, and so uh, they provided food in the Lahaina distribution, and. They just had a couple packages left over. So, how many usually they were expecting for they, to serve? They were expecting about two hundred in line, two hundred in uh, Honokawai. And so they had a couple left over. They went to Honokawai, and they opened the truck,
0: and the shelves was full. So, from the first one, they went to the second one, which was, and then they opened the truck, and then it was. Yeah, like like that uh, (laughs) scene we saw. And
2: uh, they went and pulled out the food, and they were real busy, and they were just giving the food. Everybody was in line and all that. And uh, they went back to the truck and was full again. And they went and got the food. So how many people did they really serve? They served about 400. Actually, Joyce thinks it's like close to 500, but she said, better not exaggerate, 400. <laughs> she, she's listening online now. <laughs> and uh, she had mentioned that uh, after they were through, the truck was full again, and they had enough food for a haiku distribution for a couple hundred more people.
0: Wow. Yeah. And it, Yeah. That's awesome. What about the manager Scott? Yeah, Scott uh, didn't
2: believe in. He's a Christian, and well, he didn't really believe in miracles. And after this, he believed. <laughs> 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 and uh, I guess uh, that story is still not finished because you know through this pandemic and everything else, uh, you know businesses closing and everything, and nonprofits are really uh, squeezing and. Feed My Sheep right now is probably sitting on the best financial times they've ever had. Money has flowed in from the churches that support them, including thanks be to God for Grace Bible and businesses
0: and the county. But
1: they are
2: really doing very well right now.
0: Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Miles. Pastor Zach is going to come up and finish the message now. Anyway, let's give Pastor Zach a hand as he comes.
1: I thought that's so cool. How many of you wish that you could, you know, pray over your pantry and not have to go to the grocery store again? (laughs) That would be great. Especially now, COVID times. You You don't want to go to Costco all that often, Right? So, and it's and just imagine walking can you imagine being being a part of the team, going in and out, feeding or g- giving up food, and then coming back in, grabbing more, giving some more out, grabbing more, giving some more out, and then you stop and you're thinking, "How many people do we just serve?" And it's Over what you already what you have planned for, and you look back in the truck and it's still full. That's just what the heck. If I was there, I'd be like, "We got food!" (laughs) I'd be going nuts if that was me. Man, so exciting! We were talking after the first service and another testimony of something similar like that happening. Uh, One of a missionary. Uh, Heidi Baker, I don't know if any of you heard of her, but she was telling this story of how they went to Africa and they were ministering to some kids and they brought some stuffed animals with them. So they got these bags of stuffed animals for these kids and she bends down and she, she's talking to these kids and she goes, what do you want? What do you want? Kids yell out, we want beads. Her assistant behind her is like, stop it. We don't have beads. We have stuffed animals. No beads in here. She's like, what do you want? Beads. They got beads. The assistant opens up the bag and looks inside and she yells. She's like, we have beads. Beads. <laughs> it's so, like, God is so good that he can do stuff like that. Amen? That like, he can come and he can support this island By miraculously feeding them. Amen. He can love on these kids by miraculously providing what they wanted. That felt need. Amen. So good. And that's exactly what happened in this past clip. At the wedding. Jesus provided for a felt need at that moment. Amen. So good. One thing that I was reflecting on that I didn't see when I first watched the episode was When Mary and one of the other disciples, they were sitting down, and he was talking about his work. He was a a stonemason, yeah? And while he's talking about this, Jesus is getting ready to do his first public miracle, his first public miracle. This is the miracle that people are going to witness, that they're going to see they're going to go home. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to tell their families about what happened at this wedding. And he talked about that first cut, that when you, when you work with stone, when you cut that first, make that first cut into a stone, it, you can't take it back. It's final, that it's forever changed. It will no longer and never be able to go back to how it was. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing when he came and he was about to turn this water into wine publicly for everybody to witness that his life, his ministry is going to change. Amen? It's starting him down the path that he came to do, that he came to walk, that tough path of obedience. That ultimately led him to the cross. This is what kind of started it all. There are moments in our lives where we begin to be able to witness Jesus. When we witness Jesus, we are forever changed. Just like that piece of stone, when it is cut, it's no longer the same. And it can't go back to the way it was. When we witness Jesus and we see him for who he truly is and when we experience him in our lives personally, we are forever changed. Amen? Forever changed. I remember when I I first gave him my attention. When I first began to seek him. To want to know more about him. To learn about him. To really see him the best that I could possibly see him. He changed me, he met me, transformed my life and he cut so deep into the stone that there is no way you could deny that there was a change, that there was a difference in my life. We can't go back to the way we used to be when we encounter Jesus, when we see him. We can't go back. We can cover it up, we can try to deny it we're never ever the same amen when we witness jesus when we witness him doing something amazing in our lives even something small in our lives we are immediately called and commissioned in order to tell somebody else about it we don't need training We don't need a fancy degree. We don't need to know a whole bunch of stuff because it's our story. Amen? Because when that happens, we are called to witness to others. We're called to witness to others about what Jesus has done for us. Your story, your experience, what you have seen. What you have seen. 2 Timothy one, it says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purposes and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the age began. Our personal witness to the power, the presence, and the person of God is a story worth telling. Amen. Amen. It is a story worth telling. Your story is worth telling. There's been a lot of times where I've felt inadequate that my experience, my, uh, my personal story was, wasn't good enough. It wasn't captivating enough. It wasn't the most flashy. It wasn't the, the most heart-wrenching story ever. And so I felt that if I told somebody my story or my experience with God, then it wouldn't affect them. They'd be like, oh, that's, that's really nice, man. That's good, good, good for you. Except when I, when I hear stories of people's lives being changed where they were in drugs or prostitution and then God coming to them and saving them and taking them out of it, like, that's the kind of stories your heart just breaks. And you want to know this person that has done such a thing in this person's life. And I felt like I didn't have a story like that. And God had to work in my life and and really encourage me and say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have this really intense story or if you have a light story. All that matters is that you saw me. You saw me. You witnessed me. And because of what you witnessed about me, what I did in your life, go and tell that to somebody. Because there is somebody who is going to be encouraged by it. There is somebody that is going to listen to your story and say, that's just like me. We're not all the same, that's why. We have different backgrounds, we have different upbringings. But as we witness Jesus and witness his person, his power, his presence, when we become a witness to those things and we begin to share that with other people, then that allows them the opportunity to go and see Jesus for themselves. Amen? The woman at the well, which we're going to be exploring that event in a few weeks, but she experienced Jesus. She saw Jesus. And it changed her. And she began to go and she went into town and she told everybody. And they came out and Jesus began to teach them. And they began to see him. And they began to believe. But they came to Jesus because of her testimony. Because she shared, because she went out and told people about Jesus. That offered them the opportunity to now come out and see, like, what is, what's all the fuss about? And so they came to him, they witnessed him for themselves, they saw him for themselves, they experienced him for themselves, and now they were changed. Now they believed wholeheartedly because they saw with their own eyes. Amen. John Calvin. Uh, I don't know, anybody know him? Raise your hand if you know him. Yeah, it's a few of us. Hey, see, so he, he's a, a, like a preacher guy from back in the day. And he gave this sermon, and in his sermon, he says this, Let us not deceive Jesus Christ in the testimony that we owe him by stopping our mouths when it is needed to maintain his honor to encourage another, or to bless another. I added those two extra ones at the end. Did you? No, okay, they didn't change it. I, I added some extra ones because, I don't know, I, I, lo- I like the encouraging aspect of things. Because yeah, that's, what, that's what our testimonies can do with people. You see somebody struggling, and you're like, bro, I was there. Like, I struggled. You know how you drink every night? Dude, I used to do the exact same thing. And now, Jesus has given me something to live for. He gave me purpose. You know what I mean? Like, how encouraging is that to somebody? For them to know that there's hope, that there's a way out. Amen? And how many times do we shy away do we stop from saying something because we, we're we're scared of what they may think? Or we're we're scared of reliving those past hurts and experiences that we tried so hard to get away from. Yeah. Let's let's try our darndest to not stop from sharing. To not stop from from sharing our testimony and what God has done for us so that we can be encouraging to other people, amen? In John 12, verse 17 to 18, it says, the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. Those who were there who saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead continued to talk about it. They didn't stop talking about it. And everybody who heard what they were talking about came to Jesus because of what they heard. Your story, your witness to Jesus, your testimony, the story that you have with Jesus That story is going to draw people to Jesus. Amen? Your story, your story is worth telling. Your story is worth telling. When we get into the presence of God, when we come here on a a Sunday morning, or when you're uh, at home and you're in your prayer closet, or you're worshiping in the car as you're driving to work or driving home from work, going to pick up the kids, dropping off the kids, whatever it may be, when you have that moment and you get into the presence of God, there should be an expectation to be changed, amen? That every time we witness Jesus and we come into his presence, that he makes another cut in the stone of our lives. Because we're all on this journey of being shaped and molded into the person that God wants us to be, amen? We're not all there yet, and so God continually works on us. He takes away a little bit. He chips away at the stone, but when we come to him and allow him to make those chips and those cuts into the stone of our lives, that we are never the same, never the same, amen? Can we have the worship team uh, come back up? Amen. That <laughs> that was a dog for those of you online that didn't hear. We we got pets in here. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to my other mic. But hey guys, when we when we come into the presence of the Lord, He's building us up. Amen. It's always encouraging when we get into the presence of God. It, it's, it's one of the things that, that I live for. There, the Bible is true when it says that there is no greater place to be than in the presence of God. And you think about it, when we, when we die and we go to heaven, that's where we're going to be. We are going to be in the presence of God 24 7. 24 7. Can you believe that? We're going to be worshiping Him all the time, just like the angels. Just like the angels. And so we have these little moments, these pockets where where we can experience him here on this earth to be encouraged, to be built up, to be empowered, to feel loved when when we're not feeling loved anywhere else. That's all in Jesus in his presence so let's stand let's close in in worship we thank you that when we come into your presence that we are left changed forever that when we surrender ourselves to who you are. That you make cuts into the stone of our lives. Transforming us. Changing us. And we know that it's not pleasant at times. But we thank you for courage to to invite that in. Courage to say thank you for the change. Thank you for the challenge. Courage to say, I need help. Courage to say, I'm sorry. Courage to say, I forgive you. That we experience your power. glory, your love, your mercy, your grace, all in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Encourage us. Encourage us to to you that we are strengthened for the day thank you Lord we honor you and we bless you Father you are worthy you are worthy in Jesus name Amen may you be blessed Lord Have his favor upon you. May his face shine upon you as you go from this place. We'll see you next week.